Nerd Jock the Podcast. Welcome to this episode of Nerd Jock the Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Nerd Jock, and today I'm joined by Jeffrey Roger Miller. Woo! How's it going? Good. We are going to continue our discussion on the greatest athletes of all time. Mm-hmm. Today we're talking football, specifically NFL. Yep, my favorite. And it's one of the more interesting discussions because players' roles vary more than a lot of other sports we're talking about. And they're very limited in what they can contribute to an overall team. Like Totally. Yeah, yeah regardless of what position you play on the floor in basketball, theoretically you could have a fairly equal like opportunity like impact on the game. Yes. Or like one player, any given player can have a very significant impact. Yeah. Whereas in football, there's, you know, 12 guys out there. One player can only do so much. Totally. Well, and like in something like basketball, you're tracking the same stats for everyone. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You're, you're, you're tracking steals, block shots, points, assists, rebounds, turnovers, kind of all that stuff. Same thing with hockey, whether it's a defenseman or an offenseman. Yeah. You're really tracking the same things. Like you value different things at different positions. Mm-hmm. And then obviously goalies kind of separate from that, but yeah, we'll cross that bridge when we when we talk about those two sports. But today is going to be about football. So if you didn't catch our last podcast where we discussed the men's tennis goat, greatest of all time, mm-hmm. we had a whole opening discussion, almost twenty minutes worth about definition of goat and the criteria and how we judge it. Yeah, now I'm trying to think of what we decided on. Tennis. I have some notes. Well, and the thing is, we decided that it's a balance between a few different things. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things we talked about was total achievement versus opportunity and how you ha- kind of have to weigh both of those. Yep. So total achievement being like uh, on the tennis end, we talked about, you know, Roger Federer having the most grand slams. He also had, has, you know, played more games than a lot of other guys in that discussion. Right. So we kind of have to yeah. value, we kind of have to evaluate both, you know, that total achievement versus the amount of he achieved given like specific opportunity. Mm-hmm. We also talked about like highest peak in someone's career versus longevity. Oh yeah. Yeah. And we went, right. Like, I think you have to like in basketball, you have to kind of favor someone like Shaq or Kobe or LeBron or Michael Jordan that did like performed at a really high level over a long period of time, you know, over someone that, you know, was maybe the leading scorer for a season or two. And that was about it. Yeah, I think in any given sport, you kind of have to do that because it doesn't, if you had one really good season, does that really matter if the rest of them stink? Yeah. You know, you have to be good for a long period of time. However, we'll actually talk about it. I think Brett Favre really is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, Mm -hmm. but he's played in so many games that it, I don't know, it's hard. He wasn't always elite, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Okay. Whereas as soon as Peyton Manning wasn't elite, he hung up his cleats. I kind of hope Tom Brady does the same thing. As soon as he's not one of the better quarterbacks in the league, I think he should should end it. But yeah, I agree. That's um, I guess that adds into the discussion too, as far as tarnishing someone's legacy and whatnot. So, for example, in MMA, a lot of people consider Anderson Silva the greatest of all time. But you know, he's lost like three of his last four or whatever. Yeah, had he's he retired gone. three years ago, he probably would. He's still in that discussion, mm-hmm. but. He's certainly tarnished his legacy. It becomes a lot easier to argue against him when yes. he starts losing late in his career, uh, which would go for any athlete. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like Wayne Gretzky almost. like He wasn't great near the end, but... He had a really long career. Yeah, yeah, he had a really long... So, totally. I, I don't think anyone holds that against him, though. Yeah, and I think 
to some degree, we have to just look at the stats, like look at the raw numbers and choose which stats are significant in comparing specific players. Yeah. But I think we also have to take into account kind of, you know, what they did, mm-hmm. um, you know, beyond just beyond what just the, the stats say. Like, I think there's sometimes players have greater influence than just, I don't know, the number of yards they rushed for or, or whatnot. I don't know. Well, that's, that's kind of a nebulous concept in football because you can be doing so many different things. Like they talk about uh, Julio Jones as being one of the best pass-blocking wide receivers yes. to yep. play the game. And that's not a stat that they that they keep track of, no. but it's still very valuable to their team. There's so not even like yeah. a deep level metric on wide receiver blocking efficiency or anything like no, that. No, like nothing. There's nothing. However, yeah. it's very valuable to their team, so they you add value in a lot of ways outside of the stats Yeah, in football. Well, let's get into it. Again, if you want to hear more about that, just listen to the intro on the last podcast. And that when most people think, they specifically think quarterback... They're kind of like the greatest leader on the field, and mm-hmm. they probably individually have the greatest contribution to winning or losing. I, I don't think you can even argue that. We're also going to look at clear. running backs and wide receivers. Yep. However, you could argue that the greatest football player of all time exists outside of those three positions. Right. However, measuring that is a lot trickier, right? Like you could, like when NFL Network does their countdown, like. 100 best players heading into the 2017 season. Right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, J.J. Watt's going to be really high on that list. Right. And, yeah. you know, he's a defensive He's a defensive end. player, which is hard to get stats on. Like, It's, it's, it's hard yeah. to use statistics to show their contribution on the field. Right. Especially when you're going offense versus defense. Because it's like, on an offense, you can say, he scored this many touchdowns, and that directly correlates to this team winning, like, yeah, that's pretty clear, but J.J. Watt might have the most sacks, for instance. But how do you really translate that into how that benefited his team directly? Like, obviously it benefits them, but did it? Can you can't really tell how many times it prevented a yeah a touchdown. So it's I agree, it's hard to go defensive versus offensive. So we can just stick to the three offensive skilled position yeah positions, sure. which are quarterback, running back wide receiver yeah so let's start quarterback again this is super relevant a lot of people are saying tom brady is the greatest of all time having just mm-hmm. won his fifth super bowl which makes him the winningest quarterback as far as super bowls in history um we have a total of seven on our list that we're looking at and uh, you yeah. could actually argue that there's others that should be in the conversation but for I don't know. We like we just can't talk about all of them. So we're looking at yeah. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, mm-hmm. Joe Montana, Brett Favre, Favre, Drew Brees, Dan Marino, and Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. is kind of an aside, and we can get to him. But I think that he he doesn't really belong in this company yet. But if his career continues the way it's been going, he will end up in this conversation. Other guys, well, yeah. Other guys, you you know, you could talk about. Um, would be like John Elway was like I looked at his numbers and decided yep. to eliminate him. Um, Terry Bradshaw, um, Steve Young, like there's other guys, but I think I don't think the best exists outside of this list. Uh, I I agree with you. I think really most people are on the Tom Brady bandwagon, 
is maybe not even bandwagon, but they're on his wagon for yep. greatest of all time. I feel like it's either you're you're on the Peyton Manning wagon because he holds all the big records, or you're on the Tom Brady wagon because he wins Super Bowls. And has like other good numbers. Do you know what I mean? Like yep. you, people usually subscribe one of those two ways. Um Joe Montana's often in there as well. Joe um, Montana's often in it, and a large part of that is because he went four and zero in the Super Bowl. Like you know, it took Tom Brady six Super Bowls to get to that yeah. to that fourth win. Um, he's definitely in that conversation. And now there are some numbers like adjusted um, receiving and passing stuff, just because when Joe Montana played, it was just fewer passes were thrown. It was just less pass-heavy offense, yeah. you know, versus modern football where we have, you know, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. Um, so here was something that I wanted to pose to you. My position on this is that you cannot rank any one of these players that we're going to talk about in the NFL based on how many Super Bowls they've won because a lot goes into winning a Super Bowl beyond just how good one of these players are. Most especially... It's just how good your team is at any given time. And you look at somebody like Tom Brady, who has the most Super Bowl wins. However, you could say he's play, he has won those with the best coach that has probably ever coached. Yeah, I don't, I don't think the GOAT coach conversation's that wide open. I think it's... It's pretty clear that it's Belichick. Belichick um, and yeah. so I would go... I want to go on the record in saying my consideration for greatest of all time does not include Super Bowl okay. wins, basically whatsoever, um, because it depends on so many factors that it's really not a fair comparison at all. You look at somebody like Dan Marino, who's like just looking at his stats, clearly one of the best. Mm-hmm. However, he never won yeah. be- because his team stunk all the time. It was, yeah, it was all offense, no defense, and that's how it was. Right. Yeah. Um, and so when it comes to Super Bowl wins, I discount them entirely. However, I'm going to eliminate Dan Marino from this conversation based on other numbers. I, I agree. He's with got the yes. lowest completion percentage and the second lowest passer rating, so I just mm-hmm. don't know if he belongs on the li- this list based on that. Yes, I, I agree with you, but at the same time... It's not because of the Super Bowl. He's... he's like, without question, he's probably top five or six of all time. Um, and that's that's even without winning any Super Bowls. So how much of a difference can the Super Bowls really make in the yeah. greatest of all time discussion? Now, are you factoring in wins or win percentage as part of that? Or that's just like Super Bowls where it's, it's a team game, team effort? Uh, yes, but I tend to go more on... I'd like to know more what that player is able to perform or how that player is able to perform skill-wise versus how his team record turned out to be. Because you look at somebody like uh, Denver, they have a good record. They might have a good winning record in the year. That doesn't necessarily mean that their quarterback was very good that year. Yeah, you know, it's like, funny. Like last year. It's funny that Peyton Manning's second Super Bowl came in his like worst year. Yeah, in a Super Bowl game that he essentially did nothing. Like yeah, yeah, it was. He all, scored, I think, one touchdown. It was like game, all defense. And it was all defense. And so when it comes to a Super Bowl win or even wins overall, they may have gotten a whole bunch of wins, but maybe that's because their defense was really good, or even their just their offensive line was really good. 
which will make the quarterback just seem better, right? It'll even make their running backs better. It'll make everybody better. Um, okay. And so since it is such a team game, I want to look at things more like their completion percentage and passer ratings. Okay. Um, because those are things that you can tell in any given game. I also just added a new column for us, yards per start, essentially yards per game played where the quarterback started. So like average yards per game. Yes. When they started. Correct. Yeah. And one of the reasons why we did that, like I did starts versus total games, is like Aaron Rodgers was playing behind Brett Favre for a while. Mm -hmm. And so his like total games in his career is not relative, like not even close to what his like total starts is. Right. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, when you add this new category, yards per start, Aaron Rodgers is way ahead of somebody like Brett Favre. Um, Brett Favre has 241 yards per game that he starts in, and Aaron Rodgers has 273 per yep. game that he starts in. Which is, and Drew Brees has the most yards per start. Which is which is interesting, because I wouldn't really... I, I never really considered him actually as... In, in that GOAT conversation. In, in me, it's between three people, for me. Okay. But so. so the leader in completion percentage is also Drew Brees. Wow. Peyton Manning second, Aaron Rodgers third. Um, and those are basically the same for yards per start, except you just switch Rodgers and Manning. So it goes Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning for yards per start. Yeah. Total yards in the careers, Peyton Manning and Brett Favre, but those are like by far away they have the most total starts, so that makes sense. If you look at total TDs, Peyton Manning and Brett Favre are again, you know, in the lead. Um, Drew Brees is um, is is third. Interesting. I've changed my mind like three times as we've been going through the stats on who I'd go for and. Yeah, if you look at passer rating, Aaron Rodgers is significantly ahead of all of the rest, with Tom Brady yes. being second, um, Peyton Manning and Drew Brees basically being tied, essentially, right after that. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so... So I, I'm going to go ahead and say this. So, kind of your alien question. Okay. I prefer it this way. If you could get you know any quarterback to lead your team any time... To save 10 puppies from dying if you win, <laughs> which quarterback would you choose? See, this, that, I'm not sure. I, I think there's a weakness in this question. There is. So, because who I'm going to pick is not who I think is the greatest of all time. Correct, but it was the same with tennis. It is, yeah. So, my choice is Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback to ever play the game, okay. but I don't think he has the body of work yet to say that he's the GOAT. Okay. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, see, this might have a qualifier. Who's the coach of the team? <laughs> you're the, you're the coach of the team. Oh, then they're all going to lose <laughs> if I'm coaching. Oh, man. But the, the, opponent, the opposing coach is Satan. So you coach team good. Satan <laughs> coaches team, team bad. And if you win, you save 10 puppies. Jeez. Because this is a, it's a very tough question because it depends on the sporting cast. For instance, I, if it were Tom Brady and Bill Belichick, I choose them any day. Oh, totally. Any day of the week. They're fantastic together. But Aaron Rodgers, I like I like where your head is at, but he he kinda he hasn't really 
won a lot of big games yet. Um, Peyton Manning is very similar. He's kind of a choke artist in the playoffs. Yeah, his overall playoff record's not great. Okay, back to the question at hand. To save the puppies. Well, it depends who the coach is. I'd probably, if it were... If you were to average but, out every let's single... Let's say it's a great coach that didn't coach any of these right. guys. Right, well, here's what I was going to say. If you were to take... If you were to average out every every NFL team at every position, including coaching, it was just average across the board, I agree. I would take Aaron Rodgers. Okay. We're in agreement. Um, now, who do you think is the GOAT quarterback? Jeez, that is so... That's actually more difficult than I expected that it would be in the end. Um, I'd have to go with Peyton Manning. I'm also going Peyton Manning. Yeah. The GOAT quarterback. Uh, going into this, I was going to go with Joe Montana, but I changed my mind. Okay. Just based on the stats, like Peyton Manning beats him in basically every category, yeah. except for Super Bowls one. Yeah, and the game is different, but I still think Peyton Manning, he played at such a high level for so long, and then he hung it up as soon as he like wasn't there. Right, and, and you look at somebody like Joe Montana, who also played at a very high level. And also hung it up pretty early. Pretty early, um, but he also had a very good supporting cast. Like He has Jerry, Jerry Rice, Rice, who's yeah. like always at least in the discussion of greatest of all time. Um, and so it's really hard to say that, like, Peyton Manning played with some very good wide receivers, but not greatest of all time wide receivers. And often he was on the Colts, who didn't really, they weren't the greatest team, and they didn't have the greatest defense sometimes, and they're spotty in a lot of areas. So I think he did the most with the limited resources that he had around him. Why don't we switch over to talking about running backs now? Mm-hmm. Um, I have five on the list, and you could certainly make the argument for adding more, but these are at least the ones that I have. Uh, Barry Sanders, Jim Brown, Emmett Smith, Walter Payton, and LaDainian Tomlinson. And there's some things that look, like when you look at their raw numbers, there's some things that look fairly consistent and others that really aren't very consistent. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, they, in yards, they all range from 12,000 to 18,000 mm-hmm. and, and change Yards per carry ranges between 4.2 and 5. But then you look at, like, starts. Emmett Smith had 219 and Jim Brown had, like, 118. Like, you're talking, like, 45%. Huge difference, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy to consider some of these things. And mm-hmm. uh, one of the, the glaring things that kind of stands out to me is looking at Walter Payton's fumble rate. <laughs> he has 86 fumbles. It's a lot. And he did play in the like he did play in the second amount second most amount of games to Emmett Smith, but you know Emmett Smith had twenty five fewer than him and played in like ten plus percent more games. Yeah, so twenty five percent less. Yeah, and I'm fumbles not, in more games. I don't know if history like remembers fumbles that much. Like unless unless a player's yeah. fumbling to cost big games, I don't mm-hmm. really think most people would consider that as a factor, but I think when we want to evaluate the overall effectiveness of a running well, back, yeah, especially, it's well, pretty important. Especially when it comes to a running back. like They fumble all the time, no matter who you are, and sometimes it can't even be helped. Yeah, Just like one helmet that happens to hit the ball totally. can cause a fumble. So, But like when we talk, talked about quarterback, we did talk about kind of touchdowns versus interceptions. I think to some degree... For running backs, you got to talk about touchdowns to fumbles. I think so. Bit. It's a factor. I would, yeah. I would definitely agree. Yeah, and, it, and if that's the case, certainly Emmett Smith looks good on that metric, and Ladanian Tomlinson looks real good on that metric. 145 mm-hmm. touchdowns to 30 fumbles. He's got a lot of touchdowns. Yeah, and that's only his rushing. He's also a crazy receiving back. Right. 
I think he's still the only player to have thrown, rushed, and received a touchdown in a, in a single game. Like, done all those three things. I thought there was a guy, Terrell Pryor Sr., didn't he do it this year? Ooh, Terrell may have done that this yeah, year. Yeah, I think he did. Cool. So that, yeah. that, like, his record got tied this year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. But that's cool. I, I could be wrong. I know, I know that he did at least throw one and either catch or and run. receive one. Yeah. No, he, he may have got all three. Yeah. Um, are there any stats or anything that stands out to you? Like, it's, <clears throat> it's a little tricky, right? Like, we would have watched Emmett Smith towards the tail end of his career, LaDainian Tomlinson for, like, a good part of his career. Yeah. Well, for me, looking back at it, like, I had always heard a lot about Emmett Smith growing up and how he's so great. And if you look at just raw totals like just the the overalls he does have the most yards and he does have the most touchdowns with a fairly low fumble rate given how many starts he has but at the same time he has he's played by far the most games and so I think when it comes to running backs especially the absolute totals don't tell the full story because even though Emmett Smith achieved more in total he took a lot of games to do it. Yeah. And and not just looking at total games, right? He also leads the pack by a pretty decent margin in carries. Mm-hmm. Like the next closest is about 600 carries behind. That's a significant number. Right. Yeah. Well, I think it's really interesting that you look at Emmett Smith's total yards as being the most, but the yards that he gains per carry is the worst at 4.2 yards per carry. It, it's a telling story, I think, for... For running backs on how efficient they are with their running yes but i do think there's a little bit of a caveat right like if you're the best player on the field at any given moment obviously like the team's going to stack the box against you and i'm sure all of these running backs went up against that yeah and then you also factor in like how good their lines were i feel like evaluating running backs based on metrics is more difficult than wide receivers or quarterbacks yeah i, agree. I, I have, I agree hard, I have a hard time with that uh, I, I agree with you, for sure. The other thing about Emmett Smith, while you know, he does have the lowest yards per carry out of this list, um, you got to give him some credit for his durability, like being able to handle 4,400 carries, right? That's a ton. And I'm not sure how much that factors into the GOAT conversation. Uh, I, I would think a little bit, but Yeah, I think we talked about much. it in the tennis one and being their legacy matters, but not... Like, I, I, I think we decided if you get to a certain point... Like, once you get to a certain longevity, you just kind of... It all becomes the same after yeah. that. And the other big thing... So, like, I know this is a big thing in all these positions, but the game just changes, right? Mm-hmm. Like, LaDainian Tomlinson played the latest career out of these five, and it was the most pass-heavy kind of offense. So it's like, is his achievements as a running back more important because he did it when teams were running less? Or is he achieving these kind of results when teams were defending against the pass more, which makes it easier to run. Correct. Yeah, so it kind of goes both yeah. ways. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so interesting to consider. And, and yeah, again, another reason why this is just a difficult thing to, to figure mm-hmm. out. Based off purely the metrics, which is why, at least if you go for metrics, I have added these two extra columns okay. to our spreadsheet, which basically what I did was take their average yards per game. Yeah. And... I evened them out so that they all played the same amount of games, okay. as well as touchdowns. So that's what that second stat is. And if you look at if they all played 150 games, given the stats that they have on a per-game basis, then it actually comes out to Jim Brown squeaks out the most in both categories. He has the most 
or sorry, um, Ladanian Thomason actually has the most touchdowns. Yeah. But not by much more. Jim Brown has the most total yards. He would have had the most total yards and second most touchdowns total had they all played the same games. Now, that's the thing about Jim Brown. You look at his total stats, he only played 118 games. So his actual stats don't look great on the surface. Yep, that's certainly a factor. I wish that we had included career receptions into this because that may have shed some light on some, like, being able to pick apart these guys a little bit just because, yeah, it just doesn't seem like Mm -hmm. there's a crazy kind of separation amongst them. I agree with you, but then how much can you say, like, does receptions make a running back a better running back? It kind of does, but that's more of a wider Being good at receiving? I think that's part of the running back skill set, just like blocking. I would say so, yeah. And I wish, like we talked about with wide receivers, I wish we had that metric to, like, show how successful a blocker these guys were. Mm -hmm. I actually think it's more important at the running back position than the wide receiver. I feel like it's a more fundamental part of the skill set. Yeah, because you're you're always going to be on the line. Somewhere. Yeah, so like Ladanian Tomlinson had 4,800 receiving yards. Okay. And so you got to wonder, like, if you're looking at total yards, kind of like how how much that would kind of bolster. Right. Well, I wonder, I, w- I wonder how that yeah. stacks up against the other guys. Like, I totally. Don't, I don't know if Emmett Smith was a pass catching back or not. Yeah, and like going, yeah, going back to some of the older backs where it's like, like just wasn't a regular part of running back game. So yeah, maybe it's not fair to compare because one of these guys may have been able to do that had that been a part of the game when they played. Right, yeah, like I don't think in Jim Brown's era, which was the late 70s, if I'm correct, I don't think they passed a whole lot to running backs. Okay, so decision time. Mm-hmm. Who are you taking to lead your team to victory if everyone's in their prime? And oh. who are you declaring the GOAT? Um, for declaring who I would take for my team, I think it's a bit of recency bias on my part. Adrian Peterson? Probably, actually. <laughs> but it would it would probably have to be LaDainian Tomlinson, just because I know he can do everything, and he's quite good Yeah. Um, overall, and I have actually watched him play. But for the GOAT, I'm going with Jim Brown. I think that he did, if he played as many games as everybody else, he would have been better than them, and he did it in a time that was a more run-heavy offense time, and so that was just... Teams were expecting the run, they were there to stop the run, and he still was successful against them in one of the only times that the Cleveland Browns was ever a decent team. Because of him, Yeah, mostly. Fair enough. Oh, can I go off this list for who I would take? Yeah, for if, if it's for the your dream team? Yeah, for my dream team, like, in their prime, I think I would take Le'Veon Bell. Okay, yeah. I just think he's all around really solid back and a lot like LaDainian Tomlinson. Mm-hmm. And again, there might be some recency bias there, but I like his game. I do like LT's greatest of all time. I'm going to go LaDainian Tomlinson. Okay. I almost went Emmett Smith, but you kind of talked me out of that total achievement thing down a little bit. So. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go LT for greatest of all time. Is it mostly because of... He can do his passing yards? Like No, I I think that one of the big things for me is just scoring touchdowns like crazy. Rushing mm-hmm. as well as, you know, adding his receiving touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, I think that's gotta be a big one is his his touchdown to fumble raid and total achievement as well. Okay. All right. Wide receivers. This one is probably the least competitive conversation. I agree. Like for me there's actually no competition, but we can talk about all of them. Yeah. So we put down four. Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, T.O., and Larry Fitz. 
The fun thing about this list is we've watched all of them. That is true. I don't know. I haven't seen much of Randy Moss, but I have. Okay. I watched a decent amount of Randy Moss. Mostly he was uh, Ravens, right? No. So Randy Moss um, played most of his career in Minnesota. Oh. But he was also with uh, the Pats when the Pats um, went undefeated in the regular season. Right. And then I think he floated around somewhere to finish his career, like Oakland, I think. I think it was Oakland, yeah. Anyway, so um, I was actually kind of surprised doing research. I was like, oh, Larry Fitz, like, actually is in this discussion. I just, like, I, I almost, like, wrote him off. Like, he doesn't belong in this discussion. And he does have the fewest number, like, total yards, but he has mm-hmm. the most total receptions, the second best catch rate, the second most starts, and, yep. third like, best. competitive... Third, sorry, third best start, third most starts, and, like, super competitive yards per game and, and all of that. He's a little lower in TDs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of understand what you mean, that I'm almost surprised to see him in, in the discussion, but at the same time not, because he's always been a really good wide receiver, just never quite, like... Totally. Like, all-star, and, the greatest. And overall played with probably worse quarterbacks than the, than the other three. Yeah, definitely. Right, because if you're going to have a knock against Jerry Rice, who's number one in all of these significant categories, except for targets, which in some ways makes his achievement more impressive, mm-hmm. because he did way more with fewer equal targets, the big knock is that he basically, like, he played with two Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Yeah, two that are in the discussion of greatest of all time. Yeah. And that was all he ever played for. No, at the tail end of his career... Well, he yeah, he played in, in Seattle and... and yeah, he played for Seattle a little bit. Uh, but Oakland. yeah, for like the the majority, for the of his vast career. majority of his career, yeah. And then I, I think you'd argue To probably played with kind of next best quarterback play, like a lot of Donovan Donovan McNabb. And mm-hmm. anyways, something to consider. But yeah, when you're looking at total achievement, Jerry Rice has the most starts by far. They all really have a similar amount of targets. He's got the most receptions. His catch rate's eighty seven point four which is way above the other guys that are all in their mid to late mid to high mm-hmm. 50s. It's unreal his catch rate 87%. By far the most yards, the most yards per game, the most touched uh, touchdowns and the most fumbles. Um, and that was something I didn't know before doing this research. Didn't know that Jerry Rice coughed it up. He fumbled a lot, I guess. Yeah. Um, I think though you you glossed over the total yards a little too quickly <laughs> because not only does Jerry Rice have the most total yards he has 40% more yards than the next best guy. Yeah. Like, by far the, the most yards. The next closest is 7,000 fewer yards mm-hmm. on more targets. Yes. Yeah. Just crazy. Yeah. I would like to add into this discussion that it's ridiculous that T.O. is getting snubbed from the Hall of Fame. Just because he's it's a ridiculous person? Yeah. It's just like, you yeah. can't, you got to separate his on-field accomplishments from from his personal life and his antics and stuff like he mm-hmm. and in some ways like i would love to pick teal but like obviously i'm not going to you know what that's actually an interesting discussion maybe we should have sometime off air okay but some people are making the argument not not necessarily in the sports world that you should not separate somebody's professional achievements from their personal yeah. life um most specifically talking about casey affleck okay winning best actor recently yeah and I read an article about how he's had a lot of uh, allegations against him uh, regarding sexual assault. And people are saying, how can you give this guy an Oscar when he's had several allegations yeah. against him? So I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. 
there, there's an argument there's an argument to be made for maybe their personal life is a reflection of who you want to include in your hall of fame sure but we sure. can have that discussion another time yeah just interesting so one interesting thing i'm gonna it's this is about to so the other three mm-hmm. jerry rice randy moss larry fitz all have some of the best hands i've ever seen like they all right. regardless of what's that catch percentage rate shows like that's not necessarily catchable balls like they all have phenomenal hands T.O. does not. Like, he has subpar catching ability. Right. But he's really fast, and he was a beast after the catch. And so he was really fun to watch because Mm -hmm. he'd catch these short routes and then, like, rip them for long gains and stuff. And so it's it's almost just like he did, like, more with less talent. Almost. Well, he just... (laughs) But he he did have... He had other aspects that yeah, he was had a like different talent. Gifted and yeah, talent. so it doesn't make him a less skilled wide receiver, just skilled in different areas, I guess. Yeah, I do think it's interesting. Last year, Marvin Harrison got into the Hall of Fame and To didn't, and Harrison was like, "Oh, if he had a better career like me, you would have got in." And like To like has is better than him in like most significant metrics. Right. <laughs> yeah, like um, not not Super Bowl wins, but like most other. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so I think we're both prepared to. Proclaim Jerry Rice the GOAT now, uh, yeah, easily. would you take him on your dream team, or is there another wide receiver that you'd rather have? Um, no, no question. It would be Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice is Jerry Rice and Steve Young is the reason I watched football as a kid. Yeah. And so it's not even like a nostalgia factor for me either. I actually remember watching him and being like, this guy's amazing. <laughs> I was like eight years old at the yeah. time. So yeah, it would, for me, Jerry Rice, any day. Sweet. Yeah, me too. I'm going to go Jerry Rice. Okay. So, to cap off this conversation, are you okay to declare an NFL GOAT, regardless of position? Ooh. Or do you just want to stick to talking positionally? We're done talking positions, by the way. Obviously, we yeah. we could have talked about a defensive GOAT, but then we would have had to probably separate it from, like, defensive line, linebackers, and then, like, secondary, like, done three, kind of like we did here. Yeah. Yeah, we're just we're going offense. We're going the sexy positions. We're just talking about these three. I I really don't think I could declare one greatest goat of the entire NFL. Greatest, greatest, greatest. Yes, greatest, greatest. The overall goat of the NFL. I couldn't. Well, they're, they're all so different. I'm prepared to. Okay, who would you? So my argument is that Jerry Rice is the greatest football player of all time. Okay. And my my major argument is that. The degree of separation from him and his competition at his position is greater than any other position. And so by that logic, he is the greatest. Okay. And if you want to hear, I got some cool numbers. He holds the record for career touchdowns, career receiving touchdowns, career receptions, career receiving yards gained, career TD connections. So one specific quarterback to one specific receiver that's young to rice. Okay. He's second in career total yards. Someone must hold more all-purpose yards. And honestly, it might be LaDainian Tomlinson. I'm not sure. Oh, really? Second for season receptions, like a number of receptions in a season, just by one. Mm -hmm. First in season receiving yards. First in season receiving touchdowns. Like, the list just goes on and on and on yeah. and on for all of these records. That he yeah, has. like, if you look at all the records, his first, name every first time. First for consecutive 1,000-yard receiving seasons. First for consecutive Pro Bowl visits. 
first for total Pro Bowl visits, first for points in a Super Bowl game, first for TDs in a Super Bowl game, first for touchdown receptions in a Super Bowl. Like, <laughs> the list, like, he holds, like, 20 records. And so, yeah, it's to insane. me, he's the GOAT. I, you know what, I'm going to agree with you. I, I can't make an argument for anyone else anyway. Here's an interesting thought that I had as well. What is more... What do you think is more important when discussing the greatest at a certain position? Somebody who was so influential that they created an entirely new position in the game or somebody who was the best at that position? I think you got to go total achievement at the position over like impact in the game. Yeah, I agree. Because a lot of people talk about Don Hudson, who played back in the 30s and the 40s, as being one of the greatest receivers of all time. Mostly because he was the guy who essentially created the wide receiver position. Um, and he held most of the records for like 40 years mm-hmm. afterwards. Um, I kind of discounted it because I agree with you that the impact that they have on the, on the game, although might make them very important to the game, doesn't necessarily mean that they were the greatest player of yeah. the game. Um, something that would be just amazing to see is if you could get all of these players in their prime. Oh, like, yeah. Could you imagine... If we could do like a mini, like a, a mini season where we use a time machine, we get all these greatest players and we put them on like eight teams. So you're taking like the 16 top receivers and the eight top quarterbacks and like just to see them all oh, in their primes, so cool. all competing against each other. That would be so cool. Even right, if- like would, would Jerry Rice <clears throat> look so untouchable today? Probably not. But it's not like it's not mm-hmm. like his career was that long ago. I do, no, it wasn't. I do think he would be still one of the best, but I don't think he would look you know, that much better than Antonio Brown. I th- but I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think it's, given, it's, hard to, it's hard to compare. Mm-hmm. I think when you get that many great people together, the separation between them, at least in like one season or just a few games, and even just an eye test, would be so small you wouldn't be able to tell. Like, Jerry Rice is so much better than Antonio Brown because they probably look almost exactly, <laughs> exactly the same. Totally. I agree. So do you have a favorite football player of all time? Um, Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice. Okay. Yeah. A little favoritism coming in. Yeah. We, uh, I wanted to get his jersey when we made our last jersey order. but Didn't have it? Just one at a time. No, they did have it. I oh, was, they did. I'll just buy one at a time. Fair enough. I think my favorite football player of all time, uh, one is Steve Smith, so another receiver. Okay, yeah. He's just awesome because he's like small and super feisty and... Probably he's part of a gang. I don't know. He's just, he is such a big personality and just loves the game so much. And he played for the, my, my Carolina Panthers. Mm-hmm. Um, I also really like Ed Reed. Um, oh, yeah? Safety for the Ravens, who looked like a homeless man towards the end of his career. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, was such a, good, such a good player. And if we, were talking, if we were talking about safeties, like he'd be in that GOAT discussion for right. sure. Yeah. Safety, that's a fun position. Yeah. I'd want to play that if yeah. I were. Well, that's going to do it. Thanks for listening to Nerd Jock the Podcast, and stay tuned for more GOAT athlete discussions. The music in this podcast is Be Electric by Rocket Max. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode of Nerd Jock the Podcast. You can find us on SoundCloud, Facebook, iTunes, or Google Play, always at Nerd Jock the Podcast.